JLL, the global real estate services firm and the company I happen to work for, recently moved its central Sydney operations to a new office at the Lendlease-owned Salesforce Tower. The office is everything research is telling us that workplaces need to be. It's hospitality-driven, sustainable, flexible, tech-enabled. It encourages collaboration. Plus, there's barista-made coffee, beer on tap, and views to die for. My guest on this episode is Christina Koo, who designed the premium space. Imagine the pressure of designing an office for your own colleagues. She lets us in on exactly what that was like. I'm Rebecca Kent, host of this JLL Perspectives podcast. Christina Koo, welcome to JLL's Perspectives podcast. Lovely to have you here. (laughs) So we're sitting in the media suite. I know, it's very fancy. Isn't it? Um, The media suite of uh, JLL's new office at 180 George Street. Yes, Um, my baby. (laughs) Absolutely your baby, which is why we're talking to you, actually. Um, Now, you've been incredibly... um, involved in creating this amazing new office that we have at 180 George and um, and that's why you're here. Um, I thought it'd be really interesting idea because uniquely you are a, a you know, JLO has its de- own design team. That's right. And so effectively you have been designing this office for your own colleagues. Yes. <laughs> your own employer. <laughs> Which comes with its pressure. You don't say. <laughs> Precisely. So I'm really intrigued to to understand what some of the, um, I guess, the processes, maybe some of the challenges, what they were you found. Um, it must have been a, a tough old gig, but, but look, the offices come up remarkably. So how has it been received so far? I tell you what, it's always nerve wracking when you finish the project and you hand it over and you never know how the client's going to receive it or use the space, but you're actually getting um, feedback every single day because you come into the office. And I think it's been great. Um, We've been able to take heaps of clients through this space and you definitely get the wow experience. Um, But a lot of people have been coming to me and saying, I get to see people that I never really got to see on other levels when we moved from our previous um, space at 420 George Street. So I think that's been the biggest, the biggest plus, being able to chat to your colleagues that sometimes you just forget that they're even in the same building. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and I could vouch for that. Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen faces that I, you know, for five years had spoken to over Teams calls. Exactly. And may have been on, you know, the next floor uh, yep. in our old office and I'm bumping into them yep. all the time now. Especially on the staircase, like our central staircase, I think has, was a big win. Um, even though the void is very large for the space that we're in, I think using that staircase, moving up and down, you naturally, you physically bump into people, um, which is great. And then you just end up chatting and going, excuse me, I'm trying to get past. <laughs> and you're like, no, this is, this is exactly what I want. And on day one... Um, so Leanne No, who is another senior designer that we worked with, you know, we when we designed that staircase, we were debating where does it go, how do we work through it, we want to use that void. And I said, no, 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 we want it to be able to be used as a tool, not just going up and down the stairs. And on day one, it was fabulous because people were just literally gathering in the centre stair, just chatting, holding a cup of coffee. I mean, for me, I have to walk very slowly when I walk down those stairs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just so I'm just a clumsy person. I'm so nervous someone's going to go tumbling. I know. 
all the women in their heels. I know. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it is a huge space mm. and presumably, you know, the debate is that space could have been functional. Could have been, yeah. So that was provided to us by um, the base build. So Lend-Lease, when we went for these floors, so we're on floors 25, 26 into 27, and those large voids, they're about 57 square metres, which is massive in LA when you think about it, um, that was given to us. And so it was definitely a challenge, but I think we made it work for our benefit. Mm, yeah. For sure. And NLA, net lettable net area, lettable, yeah. just yes. for those who don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot of acronyms at JLL. <laughs> there are, yeah. I've spent many a year trying yep. to uh, trying to solve them. Um, yeah, so staircase definitely um, for me yep. as someone who works here is a highlight. Um, and not least because you can sort of stand on one of the landings and you can see all the way up to the next floor yes. and all the way down and all the people moving around I think seeing activity is also one of the biggest um, pluses, I think, moving in. I think often when you go into an office, um, you never know um, who's in or you don't even know how many people are in. And I think seeing that activity and having that buzz does encourage people to come into the office and see colleagues. I also think having the barista on level 27, so our um, concierge floor, has been a big win. Um I mean, you're offering coffee to all to all staff, um, complimentary, uh, t- complimentary, and so the lineup is often long. But you often just bump into people whilst waiting, and instead of going out, you're in the office having chats and meeting people. And often, a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of overlap between the clients that we have within JLL. But often, our teams are quite insular sometimes. So you'll be chatting to somebody and saying, "Oh, I'm working on X, Y, Z," and you go. I know that person. And you're like, let's chat. Let's come together, um, which is definitely a very big plus for one JLL. For sure. Yep. And that's the magic of the barista. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, plus we're highly caffeinated here. <laughs> We've got the barista in 27 and two brew hub coffee machines, which are those very cool underbench coffee machines on 26 and 25. Um, so very well caffeinated here. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I hope JLL never takes that barista away from us, by the way. That's another thing I'm slightly nervous about. I've seen how many trips people are making to that barista. Oh, my gosh. My caffeine consumption, I feel, has, like, gone up a thousand percent. But it's fine. I'm addicted to coffee anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> and, and, look, and actually, that's another thing that I've noticed. Like, clients on Level 27 that are coming in are... Um, you know, as guests, some of our colleagues mm. here are mingling with oh, the yeah. rest of JLL. Absolutely. Um, and I think being able to provide that hospitality to clients, but not even just clients, it could just be visitors from um, a consultants or even your friends. I've seen people bring their friends and their, their kids up to show off how great the office is. Which are I we allowed is. to bring our friends? <laughs> I, I invited mine. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Um, I was here on the weekend when we were doing professional photos and I was like, who is down there in 25? And one of the guys um, had brought his son in because he wanted to show it off. And I was like, that's very sweet. Um, but definitely I think the barista was, it was the big win. Um, and you just be able to sit and have a really casual meeting and not feel like you're being sold something or being forced to do a deal straight away and you can be guided. Um, 
but hospitality focus was a really uh, big driver in this new fit out. Um, so JLL, you know, you, you, you can read all our research papers, you can see all the stuff about having that human experience and that really adds to it because you want to, you want clients to feel warm and invited and welcome. And we didn't have that at 420. Um, one of the feedbacks, well, a lot of the feedback that we got, uh, when we did surveys and asking people what, if you had a wish list of what you wanted, a lot of the people were like, I just want to be able to bring clients in. And that to me is being house proud. So we want people to be, we want people at JLL to feel house proud and bring people in, which I think has been working, which is great. Definitely. Yeah. And I love that concept of being house yeah. proud um, as well, because, um, yeah, it's not something I've ever heard attached to <laughs> a workplace yeah, an office. Yeah. or an office. Yeah. I mean, is this, a, is this a thing now that I don't know about? I don't know. I, I think... Um, that's often something that I always like to push when talking to clients, um, not just with JLL, um, because even if you are not a client-facing company or if, if our clients don't necessarily bring other people through their office, you want your colleagues and your staff to feel proud of where they work, which also adds to people coming into the office and seeing, in seeing one another. So great spaces bring collaboration and people coming through. But I, I do feel like if you've got a great space, people won't stop talking about it. Absolutely. And views to die for, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot that old thing. <laughs> Just the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House. Oh, you know. The entire harbour. Absolutely. Circular key. You can see all the big cruise ships coming in. Um, the premium view is just incredible. You can't beat it at the moment. A real draw card, isn't it? Absolutely. Every time we bring someone in, often the conversation stops and everyone just gravitates towards the um, the windows and just starts taking photos. Everyone just starts taking photos. Everyone goes, can I come here for New Year's Eve? And I'm like, uh, Is there a list? I don't because know. And I was I'm like, going uh, on that. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, we have beer taps, right? We do. We do. So we, uh, a lot of the amenities. So we have, a, we have the barista obviously. So we have the coffee and the other coffee machines, but we also have um, beer taps. So we've got two on our concierge level, which is 27 and two on our social hub level, which is 26. We also have um, wine fridges. And of course, we've got non-alcoholic drinks as well. Um, but the beer taps are on 26 were a big hit. We have Thirsty Thursdays, I think, every fortnight, if I remember. Mm. Um, the first one we had was crazy. Like, there were so many people. I don't think I've ever seen this many people within JLL just all coming over. Um, I think the beer taps is interesting because I was a bit unsure about it, to be honest, because to me, sometimes you think it's a gimmick and it's just, oh, we'll just provide it. We're a fun office. Um, but I think if it's used well and if it's used as part of your offering that you can offer the staff just to, you know, let their hair down. And I think it probably does help. Mm. Um, yeah. Thirsty Thursdays and Fridays. Yeah. It is great. And again, the spaces are great. Do you know, people grab a beer and they yeah. have a chat to, yeah. to anyone and everyone. Yeah. Um, and there's a real uh, hotel feel. And I suppose this links back to the hospitality right. offering that yeah. you were talking about. And so that, you know, the soft furnishings and there's, you know, just nice finishes around. That was the aim, right? Absolutely. Um, like 
offices aren't just your cubicle offices anymore. You don't have um, uh, high like barriers between where people sit anymore. Everything is very open. Whether or not people are for open plan, I mean, that's a completely whole different conversation. But definitely the um, the aspect of sharing and being very open was was a big driver. And the softer finishes all adds to that. So especially when you come in on level 27, um, we've got all of the natural timbers that we're, we're celebrating. Um, you know, of course, sustainability was a part of that. So trying to include as much of those materials as we could. We've got the feature um, uh, rammed earth render finish, which is Australian soil. So really trying to create like a place. Um, so placemaking where we are in Circular Quay, using natural finishes, really big driver and softer and timeless um, finishes because we might be in here for 10 plus years and you don't wanna um, do too many things, otherwise you might end up looking dated. But look, that's the nature of design. If I if things didn't get dated, I wouldn't have a job. No, well, that is true. <laughs> and there's... Um, if we want to be real about it, yeah. <laughs> um, there's some strong... There's been some strong involvement by um, local Indigenous or a local Indigenous um, yes. group, right? Yes. So JLL, we partnered with Koskala, which are um, an Indigenous and sustainable furniture company, but they also partner with um, Indigenous artists to provide um, uh, specialised artwork, not just for, for businesses and companies, could be, um, you know, residential as well. Uh, but we engaged them to then um, facilitate the conversations we could have with potential artists. So we went through this process. Um, we engaged Maddie Gibbs, um, who is a, a local First Nations woman, and she has provided a lot of different artwork in the city of Sydney as well. And so she came to us and provided us with a, um, I guess we, we gave her a brief and we said we want to celebrate place. Um, and she can probably explain a little bit better than I can, but she went through a whole process of explaining where Circular Key is and was, um, you know, before Australia Day, <laughs> pretty much, um, and the place where um, Circular Key is is where a lot of the women used to fish and feed their families, and so the artwork is um, really celebrating the fishnets that um, the First Nations women and people used to use. So that's on 27. Um, though we might need to get a bit more information on that because I feel like I'm not in a place to explain it Yes, fully. no, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and if we don't already, we definitely will have yes. some information on our website. Absolutely. Some, some of our um, videos yeah. uh, and perhaps a podcast. Yeah, coming knows? So yeah. for sure. Um, so like, I feel like, yeah, we've been gushing a lot about the office and it really <laughs> is amazing. It sounds very pro promotional, but it genuinely is just a lovely place to be. So, um, so I guess let's, um, maybe let's talk about some of the process, mm. you know, the design process. Can you give me an idea of like how, you know, how you came, well, I mean, talk to me about the team involved, yep. um, and how you gather, you know, ideas or you consult, how you consult yep. with colleagues about what we want? Yeah. So a traditional, I would say if we were in a traditional setting, typically, you know, your 
the brief, the client, JLL, um, the brief would be produced internally. Um, you would then go out to market, um, engage a project manager. Then they would go through the process of um, going through a design firm or smaller or another designer. And then you'd go through the process of um, nutting down, breaking down that brief, looking at the strategy, going through concept, which is the finishes, um, and then moving all the way through literally to delivery and construction. Um, and then you would then engage um, potentially a, a, another builder. So this is a bit interesting because we are all internal. So this was a um, – it was kind of a great process because you – we designed it, we – project managed it, we delivered it, you know, and um, we built it pretty much. And so we were able to see it from inception. And that's something that as a designer, you don't often get to peek through the veil of the conversations that happen in order to get to the final product. You often just get a brief and go, these are the numbers, hit them. Mm. Whereas um, I feel like we were able to be given almost like a seat at the table and go, well, this is your office as well. What would you want to see from it? Um, of course, JLL also do have a playbook that we we follow. So we've got a um, corporate real estate team based in Singapore who have a playbook. Um, so there's a lot of elements that have and standards that we offer, we have to adhere to. But that doesn't that didn't mean that we couldn't add a bit of Sydney flavor to it or Australian flavor to this to the space. So the process um, was a little bit interesting because it had its ups and, it and, and its downs because you're often debating very heavily internally with your colleagues. So often if you're an external design firm, you don't see the nitty gritty of trying to fight for certain certain things or you don't see the conversations about budget. Um, whereas it was very open book. We were very... Um, one jailer, I should say this one jailer, you could see everything, you knew what was happening all the time. Um, in saying that, everybody wanted to be involved. <laughs> so, you know that term, too many cooks in the kitchen? <laughs> um, you could probably apply that to this and it'd be slightly controversial to say, but I don't think it's that surprising um, working on a project of this, this scale and this calibre. Um, but I think as a designer or, or if you're in project management, you learn how to wade through those conversations. And, you know, design is great. Like it's all about finding finishes and creating spaces, but it's also mainly about problem solving. So you're problem solving a brief, but you're also managing people's expectations and going, I really love your idea about, I don't know, I can't even remember, a vape room. Thank you so much. Um, we'll, we'll park that and we'll get back to you. You, you are know, joking about I'm it. I'm not joking. <laughs> uh, that wasn't oh. by anybody from senior management. That was in the survey. So, um, uh, yeah, it was definitely challenging because you had to ensure everybody's voice was heard because that's important. You want to validate people's um, questions and decisions and um, opinions but we also had a, a timeline to meet. We had a construction timeline to meet. And the fact that we delivered this and we finished and we constructed within four months, I still don't even know how we did it, but we managed to pull it together. Um, That's an insane yeah. quick turn. So four months for construction was insane. Um, but 
props to our our construction and our PM team. Like honestly, they worked their butts off, and it looks fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I love. Um, I'd love to hear more of what came back in the survey about what people <laughs> wanted. Um, a lot of it was. I don't have enough. I don't have enough like focus rooms. So there, there weren't enough focus rooms. So at four twenty, there were there were a lot of focus rooms, but people tended to park in them a lot. Mm. Um, a lot of the feedback was about lighting. The lighting is terrible here. Um, acoustics, acoustics could have been definitely improved from where we are. The acoustics in this office are like beyond. We have double. Um, glazing, we've got slab to slab, which just means acoustics was extremely high priority for us um, because in the previous office, <laughs> sorry to say, sometimes you could literally hear every single word everybody said <laughs> from another <laughs> room, from one room. Um, so, but it was generally things that we already knew that we had to address. A lot of it was like, I want a place to bring a client. Tick, we've done that. Um, then there was also... Um, you, you got some outliers, like, can we have a full gym in our space? Um, which is what we do have in our APAC, uh, in our Asian offices. Um, so I can see where that, where those requests came from. Uh, we unfortunately did not have the space to add a complete gym in this particular office, but there was a lot of, oh, it would be great to have more wellness spaces or wellness activities or or things like that, something for your well-being. But that could also be an operational, what could jail offer in a new space that we could do. Um, but the vaping room was definitely interesting. There was a request for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> horses for courses, hey? So so the priorities then, it sounded like, as you say, mm. acoustics. Yes. The wellness. Yes. Somewhere attractive to bring your clients and appealing and alternative spaces to collaborate um we came from an office that was very heavily all workstations there were a couple of areas where you could just have a casual conversation but but not really um and so I mean collaboration these days is such a buzzword but it really just means an alternative space that you and your team or you and another person can just have a just a general conversation or a general meeting um, without having to formalise or book a book a meeting room. So mm-hmm. that's what we did here. We've we've included a lot of um, communal tables and booth seats, um, which which a lot of people would have seen in, in other fit outs like that. And I think that's working. So on level twenty five, whilst it's our most dense floor actually, so we actually have more workstations than twenty five. We have the most collaboration spaces on twenty five as well. So that's another destination point. We don't have booths with screens anywhere else. So we're making people walk up and down the stairs to these areas too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So there's a, there's a steps up. <laughs> it's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. And how, and as someone who um, produces content mm. um, on the daily mm. for JLL, I'm really appreciating this media suite yeah. that we're sitting in. It is very quiet in here. It's, well, you were talking about acoustics. Yes. Pretty spectacular. Um I mean, how did we come to have a media suite? So this is again, Squeaky Wheel gets <laughs> the grease. They came, <laughs> there was a lot of um, uh, push from um, some of the senior execs going, do we, need, do we need a media room? I think we need a media room. And we were like, 
when you say media room, what, what do you believe is a media room? So really unpacking that and figuring out, do you want somewhere to film? Do you want somewhere to do podcasts like this? What 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 is it? Um, and it turns out it was a multifunction room where you could do interviews, webinars, podcasts, the whole shebang. So we're like, okay, we understand. So we need a completely insulated acoustic room with great lighting and green screen. And like this room has so many cameras in it. I don't even know where to look. It really does. And look, I suppose, you know, businesses have a public profile and, you know, um, JLL is a people business and people um, who are profiled publicly want to look their best. And so I understand there was a particular push from someone who who found themselves being filmed a lot that wasn't always very happy with. No, and it was all about why... Which is true. I can I can totally appreciate because you know I used to have a laptop where the the camera was at the bottom of my screen and oh, so I was it just your chin. it just was awful. Like during all of COVID lockdown, that's what everyone looked. I looked like a thumb, and I <laughs> I totally appreciate the comment going. Why do we not have any rooms where we can adjust the camera so when I'm speaking, um, I look good? And I'm like, you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> Um, I mean, it could be selfish for me. I'm incredibly vain. Uh, But no, it was really an adjustable space. So this room does it. You can either stand, you can sit, the cameras move and it's great. But that also helped with our focus rooms as well because all of our focus rooms all are VC um, capable as in they have the screen that you can plug in as well as a camera. Um, But often the lighting in those rooms when there's a camera when a smaller room isn't great. So... And that was another thing. Why do I look like Crime Stoppers in my previous in the previous fit out? There's no light. You've got the light behind you, so you're just looking like an absolute ghost. Um, so we wanted to address that and make sure everyone looked beautiful. Um, so we did allow for a specialized custom-made LED strip that's very soft light. Um, which which people have quite appreciated, I think. <laughs> people have got good feedback from those those lights. Absolutely, yeah. we're all a little bit vain, aren't oh, we? Oh, absolutely. And look, here's to not looking looking like a thumb <laughs> yes. or a criminal. Uh, no. <laughs> and often, let's be real, when you do teams calls, every, you just look at yourself anyway. So I'm like, if you feel good, then I guess you'd present good. It's always um, weird. To, you know, know where you're supposed to fix you guys. On I know. Schools, isn't it? Uh, but, but on that, like, so that was a tech, that was a mixture between technology. So our JLL tech um, team, as well as we worked with an AV consultant, as well as the internal, um, I guess, feedback that we were getting saying, so all of these things. And then we had to go, then go, right, what's the best solution to bring all these teams together. So that was, I mean, the focus rooms are just one part and the media room is another part. But JLL really, I have to say, we really invested a lot into our tech for this fit out. And I think the usability um, has like like improved so much from where we've come from. Um, so I do appreciate that. Um, I mean, of course, tech doesn't work all the time, but I think it's getting there. Um, in particular is our, so we've got a media room on 25 and then we have our training room on 26 and then 27, we have our Prezzo suite or presentation suite. So that's our beautiful, you know, insane, gorgeous room with four 85 inch touchscreens, um, you know, 
Amazing. I mean, I know this is a podcast, so I feel like I, I, I'm not explaining it very well. So if anyone would like a visit, please hit us up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's basically huge LED screens it, right massive. across the wall. All across the wall. from floor to ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And the room comes with its own digital coach. So there is a person that uh, that works for JLL to help facilitate um, you know, big presentations that you might have with clients or help facilitate um, um, how you move things from one screen to the other screen. Um, and then the experience, I guess one thing was in that room was the experience of the people on teams should try and it should try and be the same experience that the people get in person, which is quite difficult to achieve. But in this day and age, people are always going to be dialing in. Um, and so the fourth screen particularly um, is for the people that might be dialing in and that's why it's angled the way it is so the person that's presenting can be talking to those people on the screen but can also be talking to the people in the room. Right, there's yeah. so much detail that's gone into that. So there was a lot of work. So what does, curious to know what this office design tells us about the way people want to work these days? I think it goes back to being, one, being house proud, or I like to say it, of people wanting to come into the office because they just like it. It's a great space to be. I think providing people with spaces to um, do their different types of work styles. So being able to provide spaces of people to concentrate in or collaborate in or or contemplate, um, I think is pretty is pretty key um and I think we've achieved that and we've provided different spaces for our people well we've we've I don't think we've even mentioned the word flexibility yet in this conversation (laughs) which is bonkers because it's also a big buzzword yeah absolutely and a lot of the place a lot of the rooms that we designed are meant to be used for multiple users because you know, space is, um, is limited within what we can and can't do, like built form and built rooms. You know, once you build a room, you're often like, well, that's a meeting room. That's it. Whereas, you know, for example, the room that we're in now, yes, it's a media room. We're using it now for a podcast, but this can be just be booked for a normal meeting room, which was how we got it across the line because it's multi-use. The presentation suite upstairs, yes, it's a presentation suite. I can open those operable walls up. I can move the boardroom around and suddenly I can have a cocktail function space if I wanted to, or I've got two separate meeting spaces with tables. So you kind of have to adapt Otherwise, what happens is in spaces you build a really cool room and no one ever uses it because it only has one use. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, And so uh, let's talk about desk ratios Mm. because I won't lie, if you're in any time after 8.30 or 9am, it's a bit of a bun fight. Yes. It's busy. It is busy. So we have. So tell me about the desk ratio and how we came to decide. So it's funny. Um, I was trying to remind myself of how we got to the numbers that we did. Um, it's funny because we, JLL Sydney, so our office for particularly this the city office. We do have two other offices, one in North Sydney and the other one in Parramatta. Um, technically, we have four hundred and fifty staff that would call 
this their main office. In saying that, whilst on paper that is true, um, when we did a swipe card analysis when we were at 420, the maximum number of people you would ever get on a on a busy day would be maybe 280 or, you know, 280 between 280 and 300, unless it was a really big event on. Um, and that's because people work differently and people's work styles are different and people's jobs are different. So often there's a majority of our team that will work um, within our assets. There will be a majority of team that work regionally or, or with our clients. So that's one thing to understand. When I tell people, oh, you know, there's 400 people that 450 people, everyone freaks out because the number of deaths we have is 285. Mm. So when you do the math, that seems really dense, right? Mm. Uh, but we, we've worked it out and plus we also did a survey. So we've based it on our um, survey that we, we sent out to our entire New South Wales team. Um, and we said, how many days on average would you say you come into the office? And a lot of the time, the main, I would say, is probably like maybe two or three days a week. And if this is the always, this is always the hardest part. Do you design for the most dense day, which is often Mondays? Um, or do you design for, you know, a Wednesday or a Thursday when it's less, when it, when it kind of pairs down? So you have to find the middle ground. And what we realized is you have to design for the teams as well because each team has their own days that they come in. Um, and so the density between teams have to be different. So it wasn't a one-size-fit-all. We couldn't say all of JLL is at a density of one to seven or one to eight or whatever it is. Um, I can't even tell you the exact number because if every team is calculated differently. And we worked really closely with our consulting and strategy team, so Sonia, um, to try and to try and nail this. Um, so you can see that on our agency floor, um, nearly everybody's in all the time. So we have more workstations up there because we realised, well, we know, not realised, but we know that they're in a lot of the time, maybe at least four days a week. Whereas as you go through level 26 and we with the mixture of the teams, which is where I am, um, we are more dense in our within our PDS team, so our, our project team, because a lot of the times we're out um, or we're out on site or we're out doing that. And then on 25, again, again, it's a mixture of different, different um, teams. And so every density for each team is slightly different and we've tried to accommodate for that. So whilst we have 285 desks, when we say like desks with monitors, we've also tried to um, add to those with our drop-in and our touchdown spots. Because what we're also trying to encourage is if you're only here for two hours to see a client, why do you need a monitor? Um, that's easy for me to say whether or not that's being, you know, encouraged. I think that will be an ongoing process, but really trying to go, hey, you're only, you, we've got visitors from Victoria coming through do they really need a monitor if they're in meetings most of the day? Probably not. Um, so it is also a, a change management and changing kind of how we think because from where we've come from, all we've had is desks, whereas now there's other places. Um, but I always think, I do know that there will always be high peak days, but when we worked it out, if everyone was to come in, everyone would get a seat, but you would not necessarily get a monitor. Mm. And so that's how we've kind of balanced it. It is it is hard. 
Um, and often it is a fight, but I also think because we've just start, we've come in and everyone's really excited to come in. So there's, there's a higher peak of people coming through. Um, if it was as per the survey, then I think we'd be okay. Um, but I think we're getting a lot of visitors coming in to try and visit and have a peek. So that's probably adds to it. And why not? Why not? Yeah. I have seen people work in the breakout, which is great. Um, if you don't need to uh, need a monitor, um, but time will tell if we need to add more, we'll see. It's always controversial, the numbers, um, and we don't have a desk booking system either at the moment. So we are first in best dressed. <laughs> mm. And so what um, have you learnt, you know, as a designer mm. about pulling this space together that you might, for example, take to your other projects, future projects? Mm. That's a good question. Besides the uniqueness of having to to manage expectations internally and working out who to talk to about certain things, I think that's important. I think when you, whenever I design a space, I always I always try and figure out who is the decision maker and how do I make that person happy, <laughs> right? Um, but this was different because there was a lot of decision makers. Mm. Um, and so Which I prob- ones mattered though? Yeah. <laughs> Dan, our CEO. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I feel whilst it was unique because I am internal design, um, I, I treated it like a, like another like any other client that I would. I feel like the same care that you put into this project because it is our office is the same amount of care I'd put into any other client. So I don't know if there's anything crazy. I would say probably getting like practically, you know, getting your team on board early. So, which is what we did, which I thought was great. So like, you know, getting your consultants in early, um, working together very closely with, with the PMs, the project managers, I think having that great relationship made this project the success that it is because we worked together so closely. We trusted each other we trusted each other to have hard conversations. You know, often we designers, we want everything and we want everything and we have very expensive taste and often we get told, no. <laughs> we have to no, get- <laughs> well, how do we value engineering? It's all about value engineering. It's the word that we all hate as designers, but, you know, you got to have those hard conversations sometimes because you got to be realistic and then you got to know what to fight for and what you have to let go sometimes. But anyway. And so did you have, were there sort of focus groups or steering committees that were sort of consulted through the design process or was it purely the people involved in the construction and design? No. So we, yeah, we, so we definitely had a lot of different, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, so we had one main steering committee, um, which were the main decision makers. Um, over design, over budget, etc. Design, budget, direction on strategy, you know, how many desks, for example. Um, is this, you know, this is how many lockers that we say we have. Do you want to pay for this? Mm. This is what the staff want. Um, staff want more storage. Do you want us to remove a quiet room or do you want a storeroom? quiet room, <laughs> not storm, things like that. Um, so that was our main steering committee, but we also had regular weekly meetings like you normally would. So we, um, regular project control groups with, um, one with our entire internal team, 
plus including our um, work dynamics JLL for JLL team. So that would be um, we have JLL have our own internal FM that look after our spaces. So they're all involved as well. And then we have a separate design meeting with all our consultants. So our services, guys, acoustics, mechanical, lighting, all of that. And then, the, and then we bring it all together. It is a village of people. It is a lot of people. There have been a lot of people that worked in mm. on this office. Yeah. Um, and what can you say about sustainability in the office mm. also? I believe it is particularly sustainable. Yes. Um, so the building itself, so Salesforce Tower itself is a six-star green star building um, or, or about to be or was designed to be. So often with well, with green star um they, they let the, the space settle for a bit and then the, the accreditation comes later, but it has been designed to those those standards. So we are also a six-star build and we have gone for platinum well um, as well. So sustainability was a core. I mean, we're, we as JLL, that is one of our key pillars. And so it was non-negotiable to even go down a star, for example. Um, with that comes its cost implications. So it costs more unfortunately, to be more sustainable. And that's something that you have to build in. Um, for example, furniture um, has to be sourced um, from a system. Like, it has to be sourced sustainably, but every element of the each furniture piece needs to be accredited, for example. So the chair that you're sitting on has been Gecko accredited, which is a Green Star um, uh, tick of approval thing. So, so, And it all counts to this big Excel spreadsheet that... I don't understand. <laughs> the <furniture laughs> but it all adds. But it all adds to it, yeah. So um, someone told me there's there's like no formaldehyde. Yes. So I have certain, no idea yeah, what that so means. Certain, yeah. you can explain. <laughs> so it's all, it's, it's certain, um, I can't even explain it. Like like Green Star has this whole list of items that you need to tick and each, say, each furniture supplier will need to ensure that um, where this chair has come from, how it's been, it even goes down to, how it's been delivered? Has it? Do you do you have carbon offsets of X Y Z or things like that? So all down to do you recycle your packaging at the end of it? Um, so it all comes together. I'm not across all the nitty gritty, mm. but it's definitely it was definitely a challenge to try and find um, furniture that one suited our design aesthetic, but also met the sustainability and Green Star requirements. Because it costs suppliers to have GECA or it costs suppliers to um, have these accreditations, it means the cost of the furniture item increases. Mm. Um, and there's only a certain amount of or there's certain a pool that have the accreditation, which mm. limited what we could and couldn't choose. Suppliers. Um, but we worked closely with our suppliers to make sure we tried to get the best and most of it if not all, has is all accredited furniture that we put in there. But that's only a sliver. That's only a little little tiny bit that adds to the green star. So that's our, you know, furniture and finishes. It also comes down to the way that you um, insulate your mechanical or it comes down to acoustics. So acoustics is something that is a green star item. It comes down to the trash and the construction, uh, how much waste... Um, are you producing and how much is recycled? So I'm pretty sure we did 99% recycling when we um, uh, on our construction site. You know, it, can, it comes all the way down to all to our uh, subcontractors. Mm. Um, 
So it's a pretty big achievement that we have it. Mm. <laughs> oh, what we're about. I'm going to say we'll get it, but, mm. you know, it'll mm. come. So how do you feel, like, when you look around the office? It's um, it's kind of surreal because I get to see the office that we designed in action and you get to see it every day. And when we had... <laughs> it's so, so lame. But during construction, we would visit every week and the staircase was being done and you weren't allowed to walk on it because it's, you know, oh issues and it's all being boarded up. And then they unveiled it and they were like, okay, you can walk down the stair now. And that was the first time we walked down the stair that we designed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did this. <laughs> like, well, not me, but you know, we, we designed this space and I was like, this is so cool. And I don't know whether it's because we had a really hard day and I was like, I can't believe a staircase is going to make me cry. Like, this is amazing. I'm just so, I was just so proud of the team that pulled it off. Like, I was like, this is great. Um, so I am, I am excited to be in here. It's a very unique space um, or a unique time for me. Um, but then there's also everybody knows that we designed it. So if there's any issues... <laughs> People will be like, you. people like, do you know where the tea towels are? I'm like, I can definitely tell you where they are, but um, I didn't, I didn't really put them there. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know, funny <laughs> because people things. know that we we did we did the fit out, um, which I guess is a it's a great thing. Yeah, you <laughs> know it inside out. Right? You know it inside out. Yeah, yeah. So I feel incredibly proud and tired at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Congratulations. Yep. It's so lovely mm. to be in the space, actually, and such a good demonstration mm. of what we can do mm. as a company. I hope you don't get too much stick from colleagues <laughs> about missing tea towels <laughs> and the like. <laughs> well done. Lovely to chat. Thanks for your time, Christina. No worries. Thanks for listening to my chat just there with Christina Koo. If you enjoyed it, do share it with your friends or colleagues. You can also find out more about Christina and get in touch with her by hopping on over to jll.com.au and typing Perspectives Podcast in the search bar. 